This is The Gum Guru with Dr. Macon Singletary from North Raleigh Periodontics. This is a show about keeping your teeth and gums healthy and how a healthy smile affects your overall health. Today's episode is called, Are You Tired of Being Tired? You may not need a CPAP or an oral device. Three to four painless treatments may end snoring and improve your sleep. Welcome to the Gum Guru Podcast with Dr. Macon Singletary. I'm Jason Kong. Thanks again for joining us. And we've got a wonderful discussion lined up today, as you heard earlier. Our episode is titled, Are You Tired of Being Tired? And, you know, Dr. Singletary, this this sounds a little different from the first two episodes. You know, I, I think when we think of North Raleigh periodontics, I wouldn't think of being tired of being an episode, but we're going to be talking about sleep apnea. And I I think this is an interesting place to start. And why not start with why we're talking about this today? Because again, I I wouldn't think, well, sleep apnea, what does that have to do with the gum guru? Well, taking care of the oral environment as a dentist, a periodontist, this is an area that uh, actually we look at every day. When we look in somebody's mouth, there are signs of potential apnea or sleep apnea that we can see. You know, when you have been diagnosed yourself with it, you sort of become more aware of what's going on and, and then uh, realize that it's more prevalent than we think. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think has become more on people's radars over the last, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10 years or so. But it's also one of those things that is hard to diagnose because, you know, unless you have a spouse or someone who can hear you when you're sleeping, you may be told, hey, you know, you you snore. And then I think most people's defensive reactions are like, well, it, it can't be that bad. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel anything or, you know, I, I don't wake myself up snoring. But how do we diagnose this? What are some signs and symptoms that folks need to look out for when it comes to sleep apnea? Okay, well, and you're exactly right, because I was one of those people, you know, my wife would wake up, hit me in the side, and say, you're snoring, and I, I'll roll over. And you'll <clears throat> wake up the next day, say, you've been snoring. I said, no, I, I wasn't snoring. And then same thing. It kept going on until one Saturday morning about a year ago. I wake up, and there's an ugly man snoring in my face on her cell phone. And it was sort of telling. So I started researching, you know, what is sleep apnea, what are the ramifications. And so I clinch, and I always thought it was a tension release mechanism. And there are signs and symptoms in people's mouths that they may be clinchers. And so that started my journey as, okay, you clench. You clench as a tension release mechanism, but also it it helps close your mouth and open your airway. So clinchers may be people who snore. And, you know, the question to ask people is, you know, have you been told you snore? And if the answer is yes, which in my patient population, almost 80% of them will say yes. And so it's sort of telling that uh, it's it's pretty prevalent and, and it's significant health-wise. Yeah, and I, I want to get into that because the ramifications are pretty serious. But other than snoring and, you know, maybe in your case, recognizing that there's there's clenching going on, is there anything that we should be on the lookout for when it comes to sleep apnea, maybe some signs and symptoms that this could be a problem? Yeah, you know, during the day, you know, if you tend to – fall asleep mid-afternoon, or if you're, if you're driving and you're losing concentration, you're sitting still and reading a book and you fall asleep, you know, the, your energy level may not be uh, where it should be, or your constant, ability to concentrate later on in the day may not be there. So, uh, you know, those, those uh, are sort of superficial signs. Um, 
<clears throat> more importantly would be, you know, are you waking yourself up in the middle of the night for some reason other than, you know, going to the restroom, you know. So, um, I would wake up a couple of times thinking it was, you know, I had you know, phlegm or something and I was coughing, but actually I was choking and, uh, and gasping for air. Um, and so, you know, that kind of uh, phenomena where you, you don't have the energy that you need is a, a really significant uh, telltale sign that you might be having this as an issue. Yeah. And, you know, luckily uh, your wife was there to record you and, you know, it, it sort of hit home. Wow. Okay. This is, this is an issue here. But for those who maybe still might still be in that denial phase thinking, well, this can't be that bad. Well, you know, what are the ramifications of not treating sleep apnea? I mean, you said you were waking up feeling like you're gasping for air. Like that's, that can't be good long-term. No. So, you know, there are terms that we use in the diagnosis hypotonia and apnea. Apnea is you stop breathing. Uh, hypotonia means you're still breathing, but you're not getting enough airway, you know, enough air into the, your lungs. And so to diagnose that, uh, it's a simple procedure. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go to a sleep facility. I'm just, it's just not me. But <clears throat> so the office, my office bought a, what we call a, a Brabon. It's a, a, it's a device that you strap on and take home and come back the next day, it's automatically set to person's weight, to age, and it comes on a certain time, and when you bring it back in the next day, we put it on our computer, and it measures you know, your, your airway, it measures your oxygen perfusion, your pulse, your heart rate, um, you know, your ability to breathe in and out. You know, do you have apnea? Do you have hypotonia? How many times a night do you do this? And so it's a simple test, it's, it's painless, it's just, you know, a matter of uh, being able to put the uh, device on, which is simple, and um, and it's in, in important in, in term to determine that you know, what's going on. You know, how severe are you? There's a an index there that and it's called the AHI index, apnea hypotonia index, and it's how many times during the night, six hour period. Usually, it needs to be, do you stop breathing? And this index is uh, key. I mean, mine was like 47, which means I stopped breathing 47 times in one hour during the night. And during that time, I stopped breathing 90 seconds several times. My oxygen perfusion went down below 90% for several minutes, and that's not good, actually down to 86. So those are, the, you know, that's a, a simple test, you know, but uh, if an individual, you know, when they go to uh, a dentist, you know, what we're looking at is, you know, the, the tongue, you know, is, how big is it? You know, anesthesiologists have what they call a malpatty score, and it's the back of the throat. Is the tongue, what size is the tongue? Can, you know, is it, and it goes one to four. Four being large and it closes off the back. You know, look at the vault, look at the jaw shape. We look at, or do they grind? Are there wear facets on the teeth? Uh, as I said, is the tongue crenated? means the indentation of the teeth on the tongue. Um, so those are things that, you know, uh, uh, even a medical provider or you know, a dentist can see very easily, and uh, and those are the you know simple signs to look at. I mean, it's, sometimes it's just obvious once you start looking at it. Yeah, I want to go back to the uh, the device that you use to help diagnose. Um, you know, years ago, I, I thought my wife might have 
some sleep apnea. And so, you know, she had to go to some facility to sleep overnight and, you know, they were observing her, but you have a, a take home device that's right. available. That's, you know, far less involved than going to a sleep study. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah, the Braybon, it's a, uh, Metabite is the company and you, you strap in a little belt that straps around mid chest and then there's a finger cuff and then the, uh, there's a device that, that attaches to the belt that measures your chest rise and fall and then the pulse, the oxygen, this little cannula that fits in your nose. It's very, very, it's not uncomfortable. I can't, you know, the reason why I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not a CPAP. I can't have anything on my face. It wakes me up. I'm the, supposedly a light sleeper. Uh, and I found out that I am a light sleeper because if I don't have the device I'm using now, as soon as I start snoring, I wake up. Whereas in the past, I didn't realize that I'm not going through my normal sleep cycles. But this, this device will uh, give a printout, and it gives you the AHI score, RDI score, which is the AHI score plus how many times are you trying to breathe, you know, the effort that you have to breathe. And uh, with that score, it can be mild, moderate, or advanced. And this, you know, we can, okay, this is the diagnosis. And then we get a, a, a medical diagnosis. We send it to a doctor that uh, you know, certifies that it's mild, moderate, or severe. And at that point, you know, we seek treatment, you know, give the options of therapy that will help open the airway, which there are two or three ways to do that. Yeah, that's really cool that that's available to us. I do want to get back to your story. So you said when uh, you got your results back that you stopped breathing 47 times in an hour at one point and uh, a duration as long as 90 seconds. I mean, I think about holding my breath for 90 seconds and then how I would feel after that. This has potential for some, some pretty serious long-term effects, right, if, if not treated. Oh, yes. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing you know, how fearfully wonderfully made we are. And, and when one thing goes out of kilter, it affects everything. It can affect two main phases of sleep. Well, phase one, there are three levels of it, and then your REM sleep. And phase one is your body's rejuvenating, it's repairing, and, and it's flushing out the impurities like in your brain. And the REM sleep, again, it sort of it allows the brain to uh, refurbish and reboot, so to speak. And if you're not going through that, it affects hormonal levels, it can affect diabetes, it can affect your weight, it can affect your heart, acid, um, acid reflux. You know, um, it's, it's amazing. Um, uh, heart attacks uh, or uh, hypertension, even cancer. I mean, because it just, this body being able to repair, our body not being able to do that, it just it puts everything out of kilter. Um, and, and mainly, more importantly, is you know, you have a protein substance in the brain that's produced this amyloid, and if that didn't get flushed out, it's dementia. So it's a, it's a significant um, medical problem that we all sort of take lightly. Um, and most of my patients come in, they have hypertension, okay? And most of these people, when I ask them, you may ever tell you you're snoring? They say, well, yeah. Uh, and so it's sort of an eye-opening, sort of like periodontal disease. Periodontal disease doesn't hurt, you know? And, it's eye-opening when somebody says, oh, you have gum disease. And I say, no, you don't. So, well, yeah, you do. Um, same thing with the uh, with uh, apnea and, and hypotonia. Yeah, it's it's funny how we treat it. You know, we may joke about a, a spouse snoring or something like that. And 
you know, you may think, well, you know, that's not something serious. But then when you think about in your instance, well, you know, if I said, well, Dr. Singletary stops breathing for 90 seconds at a time, then it becomes like, whoa, okay, that's, that's something that we, we need to investigate yeah. here. Yeah, and since, you know, since I've been, have my device, which one way to treat it is uh, what we call a mandibular advancement device. It's like two night guards fitted together and it brings the lower jaw forward. It opens the airway a non-invasive way of, of treating it. Uh, the other way to treat it is with laser therapy, and then you have the CPAP. Now, if you're severely apneic, you, you're probably going to need the CPAP machine. And there's different, um, there's obstructional apnea, there's um, central apnea, and central apnea is your brain is not telling you to breathe, and that's a whole different category of therapy. But again, to know that's important. But um, there can be ways to treat it with, without getting too aggressive. Well, I want to get into that next because um, you, you just mentioned two forms of treatment, the mandibular advancement device and also the CPAP, which I think a lot of people are familiar with, that device that you usually strap over <clears throat> your, your nose and your mouth before you go to sleep. Well, I guess it's mostly on your nose when you wear that while you sleep. And um, you know, I, I can understand why folks would be resistant to that. That's often an objection that I hear, well, I don't want to wear that, or, you know, it's uncomfortable or hard with your dating someone and you got to strap on a CPAP. So what other treatment options are available to us? The CPAP always is one. The, the other is uh, devices that brings the lower jaw forward, and they're different kinds. It depends on the dentition and what's available to attach the device to. Um, Mine is OptiSleep, and it's like, like I said, it's a, like a bite guard, one on the upper and one on the lower, and it brings my lower jaw forward. So when I put it in, it automatically opens my airway. <clears throat> and if I don't have that in, you know, what I have found is that if I lay in bed and I'm reading before I go to sleep and I fall asleep, you know, the other night I fell asleep and I started snoring. I woke myself up. About the time my wife is getting ready to punch me, said, you're snoring. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that device has really saved made me I have more energy, I concentrate better during the day. Um, and I'm severely apneic and you know, the, uh, I, I need to take my test again to see how I've acclimated it. Is my oxygen perfusion going up above 90% during the night? The other is uh, laser therapy called night laser. And that's a non-invasive way of treating the back of the throat. The laser light stimulates collagen synthesis and it elevates the vault of the soft palate and it opens the airway. We treat the back of the tongue and the floor uh, under the tongue. And um, it's about a series of three to four visits, 21 days apart. Uh, but that helps people. And, and there again, it, it can be a combination of all three. People are severely apneic. You know, they may have to have that CPAP still, but they don't have to have the air up as much. They don't have, CPAP is, a, is a, just a forced air into the nose, and that's all it is. It dries the mouth out, complicates periodontal issues because the salivary flow is drying up, and that potentiates periodontal disease. And so trying to wean yourself off of that, you know, if you can, would be a great thing to do. But some people still have to use that. But the laser therapy and the mandibular advancement device are the two other options in addition to CPAP. Yeah, I want to learn more about the the laser therapy. So you said about three to four visits. Can you go into what is entailed in those visits? Does does the laser hurt at all? How does that work? Yeah, well, first order of business is bring the person's attention to the fact that okay, you know, I have sleep apnea. 
you know, a lot of people in denial. And so that in the medical history, you go through things, you know, medication, you know, hypertension, you know, are you diabetic? And then, then we give them the sleep study. They come in, and if they are severely apnea, we'll just probably send them on to a, a, a sleep doctor and let them uh, go ahead and fit them for a CPAP machine. But if, if we think that they may uh, benefit from the CPAP or laser therapy, then, then we'll talk about it. And then the laser therapies, it's really, uh, like I said, it's very non-invasive, uh, doesn't hurt. It may be feel a little warmth and um, it takes about 20 minutes to do it each visit, uh, 20 to 30. And it's just our ability to use the light, the laser light, to uh, stimulate collagen synthesis and it tightens up the collagen fibers and lifts the vault up. Uh, some people notice immediately their airway open up and they have the ability to breathe easier. People who are, are athletic and who run or, or bike, you know, have noticed that you know, they, they're able to get more oxygen in because the back of their throat's more open. Um, and it's, it takes about three visits. Younger people respond quicker than people over the age of 50. They probably have to have another session, four sessions. And usually there's a touch-up session a year later. But you know, we take before and after photos and we can show sometimes it's immediate. You, know, you can see the difference. Yeah, and that, I think that's one of the last parts uh, of this episode that I want to touch on is, is just the, the before and after. You've kind of talked about this some in the episode, but when you have sleep apnea, you're sort of building up this this deficit of sleep where over time, you know, it's kind of a, a gradual buildup. And, you know, you if, if you've been dealing with this for years, it's it's different from day one to day 900. So once you've had this treated, it, it's got to feel incredible afterwards you got to feel like almost a, a new person definitely and and so one you have more energy and people who, who are taking medication for hypertension people who are diabetic they're finding that their their sugar level stabilizing easier their blood pressure stabilizing better i mean it's it all ties in sometimes they're reducing the, the medication they have to take and so Everything stems from the body's ability to go through the normal sleep cycles. And once you're doing that, adults above the age of 20 need at least 7.7 hours of sleep every night. Younger people need longer sleep. But if you're not going through the normal sleep cycles, it will affect you, your systemic health. And then getting that back in, into play is not only going to help acid reflux. People that have acid reflux find that they have less of an issue with that once they can get that condition under control. Well, every episode you leave us with an action item and some homework that we should do on our own. So what, what is today's action item? Well, ask your partner, you know, do you snore? And then the next thing is go to your dentist and say, hey, you know, what do you think? And there are signs and symptoms there. And then uh, get, get a, a sleep study done and try to figure it out. They're, uh, I mean, the getting a sleep study w with us is simple. It's just taking the picking the device up. We show you how to put it on. Take it home. Bring it back the next day. We put it on our computer, and we tell you, we can tell you what's going on. Pretty straightforward. And then then we go from there. Well, I think we can all do that, and I'm sure our spouses would appreciate that as well. Don't forget, if you want to learn more from Doctor Singletary, you can go to North Raleigh Perio. Dot com NorthRaleighPerio.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Gum Guru. We will catch you next time. 
If you want to know more about Night Lays and how it can help end snoring and help you sleep better, check out Dr. Singletary's website at NorthRaleighPerio.com. If you have other questions you'd like to have answered on the Gum Guru podcast, send them to contact at NorthRaleighPerio.com.